0: Hey, friends. I've got a heck of a guest this week that I cannot wait to introduce you to. I have Claire Deacon. She is a positive psychology coach and therapist. She supports individuals around the world in private online sessions. She has a passion for working with fabulous individuals who are ready to invest in themselves and their future. She's transforming those that are frustrated and discontent, You know, often just hindered by past trauma and and hindering us from being confident. So she works with individuals. Individuals to make everybody feel energized, focused, and really just ready to tap into their full potential and setting everybody up for, to live their best life. She is helping individuals create a path for future success and supporting her clients just, just to ultimately achieve their dreams. She and her children live in the UK and she's just got a passion for learning, music, sound baths and meditations. She has overcome tons of adversity with the unexpected death of her husband. So I mean, really her story is just one of remarkable strength and wisdom. So I really cannot wait for you to just come on and listen to this exciting story and just learn about how she just not only, you know, went through this journey of recovering and has made her life's work now to just not only survive, but to really thrive. And she's really determined to live her absolute best life. So without further ado, let's go. I cannot wait to introduce you here to Claire. Do you want to live a beautiful life that reflects the truth of who you are? Be bold and courageous as you step into your heartfelt desires. How does trusting yourself fully and connecting with your soul's purpose sound? The Unplanned Mom Podcast is a potent mix of real-life stories, practical spiritual teachings and a community to help guide you for eternity. This is the place for inspiration with down-to-earth tools to help you pivot and continue to live your best life beyond your wildest dreams. Here we honor your deepest authentic truth, embrace motherhood, talk all things money, mindset, and most importantly, miracles. So are you ready to say yes to all of this? If so, then let's dive in. I'm your host, Ashley Bush, and I have been praying for you, and I cannot wait to get to know you better. Let's go. Okay, hello Claire. It's so great to see you. I'm so happy to have you on here on the Unplanned Mom School podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thank
1: you. I'm really (laughs) looking
0: forward to this. Yes, same here. So tell us, tell us where you're at. Where are you here in the world? So
1: I'm based uh, just north of London. So I'm about 50 miles north of London in the UK.
0: Okay, in a house, in an apartment. At home, in your home? Okay. Yes. Very nice. Awesome. Well, I know we've got so much to talk about. You've got just an incredible story and a journey. And, you know, we talk all things money, mindset, and miracles here on the podcast. And I was so excited to have you on as a guest because I really want you to share about your motherhood journey. So, you know, I always try to ask people, you know, were you planning? Were you not planning? tell us tell us about when when you became a mother, and just kind of walk us through that that story for us, if you will okay so um
1: I was married, and we'd been married hmm, a few years. we'd been together a while, but we'd been married probably a couple of years before we decided that we wanted to try for children so um yeah. So I we our expectation was that it was going to take months, maybe even years, you know, you always hear these stories of how long it takes and it takes longer than you expect. Only that wasn't the case for us. So it was interesting actually. I uh we were out walking our dog and uh, we had a big old English sheepdog at the time oh, wow. and it was a really frosty cold day and I had this big scarf round around my neck, covering my face. And we're walking and the dog's running off and my husband was calling him back. And I suddenly thought, oh my God, I'm going to be sick. Oh. So I quickly, I was like, I'm wearing this <laughs> scarf with fear <laughs> this was going to happen and be a complete disaster. And I was sick and I was like, I have no idea why, where that came from, why I was sick and I feel fine. Uh-huh. Anyway, we carried on the walk, got back home and my husband. Offered me a scary salad, which (laughs) made me feel sick again. Oh, no. (laughs) So I went off to the bathroom and I was like, this is just really weird. Because it was a different type of sickness. I was like, there's something different here. And something just came over me and I just froze. And I thought, I'm pregnant. Mm. And I knew, I just knew I was pregnant. And so I had the test. And I was right. I was pregnant.
0: <clears throat> yeah.
1: So It was kind of like that at first and with your first,
0: I was like, oh my God, it's real. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it now. Right. Yeah. I mean, you just changed it at instant. It's such a, it's a yeah. really different experience until you walk, you know, until you see those lines on your test or read that you're, it's positive. It, it, it instantly changes you.
1: Absolutely. So it was kind of, and we were both kind of, we both obviously wanted it and there was no question around that. It was just kind of this. (laughs) So
0: So just shock. You both were in shock, but overall excited because you were trying to have children. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: yeah, unfortunately that baby didn't stick. And I had a miscarriage around eight weeks. Okay. So, which absolutely floored me Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it was really heartbreaking for me and it was I never felt I hadn't had those feelings before Mm -hmm. of what it was like to actually be a mum and whilst I'd only had a short amount of time being pregnant knowing I was pregnant I really then felt that I was a mum without a baby Mm -hmm. And I did know, I knew a few others who'd experienced miscarriage Mm -hmm. and, but not really that talked about. Right. And everyone has a different, so I've had friends who've experienced miscarriage and it hasn't impacted them Mm -hmm. in the same way as it impacted me. Um, But for me, it was a complete loss. So Mm -hmm. it... Mm -hmm. Yeah, really changed things, which made me really scared about trying again because I didn't want to face a reality that maybe that's what was going to happen to me and I was going to go on this big journey of loss and stuff. So it took right. quite a lot of encouragement. Yes. And actually, in all honesty, a dare for my sister in law. Oh my but- goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, for one New Year's Eve, we were me and my sister in law were sat together and um she has difficulty in getting pregnant as well. So we kind of was she was said to me, Do you know what? If you go for it, I'll go for it as well. So we'll join <laughs> we'll join forces. And it was kind of like a dare. So I was like, Okay. i how
0: try. much time how much time had gone by since you're lost until that dare?
1: Uh so it was it wasn't that amount that length length Long. of time. It was about okay. nine
0: months. It was okay, bad. but that's okay. That's you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's okay. I think that's helpful, you know, to know because everybody processes it differently. So nine months you had to grieve the loss of that, and through that time, was your husband supportive? Uh, absolutely, and encouraging. Yeah, yeah. And I would say one of the
1: really interesting things that perhaps we don't always think about is. When I was miscarrying, we called the emergency doctor to say what had happened and what was happening. And my husband made the call because I was just unable really to speak. I was so devastated Mm. with what was happening. Mm -hmm. And I heard the doctor, first of all, say, "Okay, well, I'll speak to your wife in a moment and we'll get her sorted. But he said, I just want to take a moment to check in with you and how you're feeling. And I think that compassion that that doctor gave to my husband in acknowledging his feelings, Mm -hmm. that for him it was his loss and he was trying to protect me Mm -hmm. as well, um, is really important and really kind of changed probably how I treated him in regards to the loss as well. I think sometimes we forget that there's a dad who's lost as well at the same sure. time.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. That was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Cause it's yeah, it definitely affects both men and women and yeah, it's a loss really? all the way around. So, so nine months later, here you are New Year's Eve, you're rolling in the new year. What year is it? And how quickly? Two, oh, two thousand
1: <laughs> 2007
0: it was. Yeah. Okay. So you're rolling it. You're going into 2007. Closing yep. 2006. Okay. You're starting 2007. You have the dare. Do you get pregnant?
1: I do get pregnant. I <laughs> get pregnant immediately as well. Oh Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I uh, yeah
0: don't have problems in getting pregnant. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you got pregnant very quickly after. All right. How were you so, feeling through this pregnancy?
1: So the first first few weeks, it was a huge milestone to get past the eight-week point. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had literally, I've never told anyone this, I, I had some post-it notes, actually, much like these, just a little pack of post-it notes. And I wrote a countdown on it of how Aww. many days I had to get to. Yes. Um, that I was past the point and I'd gone further than the last yes. pregnancy. And every night I went to bed, I would take another one of these things off off that I had achieved.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because it helps you really just put things into perspective that you have to just take, you know, day by day to get to these certain milestones. Yeah. I've been there too. That first trimester. I mean, it's awful after you've experienced a loss, just the waiting. And I love that though. I, I relied a lot on prayer and just trying to be distracted, but Now, if that ever happened again, which I don't, I don't know, but I mean, I love that, that countdown. That's, that's awesome. And I think a lot of people can use that. So you get, you get pregnant. Tell us, tell us about the baby. Tell us about the journey. Wow. So I had a lovely pregnancy. I glowed through it. I
1: really enjoyed it. Um, And it was great. And I finished up work, went on maternity leave. Okay. Had a couple of weeks before he was due to put my feet up. And and what I have to tell to anybody is, uh, have that hot cup of tea. Yes. <laughs> you don't get to drink a hot drink again for a long time. Yes. <laughs> so I enjoyed those cups of tea. Enjoyed putting my feet up for a bit.
0: Uh-huh. And then we hit
1: shorter weeks. And there was no signs of him coming Oh my! Okay, and then we hit forty-one weeks, and there were no signs of him coming. Oh wow! Only the frustration building that husband was on tender hooks, so I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. Don't go too far. <laughs> you have to have supervision at all times, and then those regular messages and phone calls. Has the baby arrived yet? Right? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> How much (laughs) much longer is it going to take? Right. Uh, And then those phone calls as we got even further in the journey and he still hadn't arrived. Well, I'm getting really frustrated because every day I'm excited that it's going to arrive and he's not. I'm like, you're frustrated. (laughs) How do you think I feel? Right. Anyway, it ended up. um, I... I got taken into hospital to be induced okay and
0: um yeah the induction he still didn't want to come out oh my gosh I'm feeling for you because yeah that waiting and yeah so, so if he was anyone, comfortable
1: he he was very very comfortable so <laughs> he the episode of Friends where Jennifer Aniston watches everybody come yes yes and to was, give birth to, that was you that was me. So even even to the point so every day my husband would come and see me and we'd go for a walk around the hospital grounds and we bumped into my consultant and he said he went what are you still doing here why are you here oh my and I was like, hmm, i'm trying to have a baby that's why i'm here yeah so yeah they tried induce so they tried inducing me again so this time they said right you are having this baby mm-hmm. so i was put on the highest level of drip to to be induced unfortunately that meant uh that had a bit of a negative impact on the baby mm-hmm. and his heart rate started to drop and we ended up in an emergency situation okay. so I had ended up having to have an emergency C-section mm.
0: um,
1: because his heart rate had stopped and uh, they were struggling to anaesthetise me as well. I didn't want to be anaesthetised. So I ended up having to have a general anaesthetic and put to sleep. Husband was thrown out of the theatre. Wow. I to go and relax. He, he'd never that. <laughs> right. And- That's not going to happen. So yeah, so I actually uh, came round in the theatre a bit, came round, went back to sleep, kind of thing. So really, for me, I first came round, and my husband was holding our son and introduced him to me. Oh wow! So yeah, we had we had a very tough time with him. We did nearly lose him. Um, He developed E. coli sepsis. Oh my gosh. So he was taken into NICU and um, fought for his life. So oh, we were wow. told. We were told after a couple of days that we needed to plan for the worst. That they didn't expect him to survive the night. Oh. But he turned a corner, and a couple of weeks after we had been given that news, mm-hmm. I got to take him home. Oh. So yeah, that was amazing. We had a difficult time to start with and we had lots of checks on us both. We were both had been really ill from the
0: whole process, but he's a strapping rugby playing lad now. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know all of that. I mean, wow. I can't even imagine. So how scary to have that conversation, but then just a miracle and that he survived that and has come out and Thriving, and so you get home. You guys are recuperating. Both you, your body after a C-section is it's extremely difficult, and then taking yeah. care of a new baby. So, wow, you guys are both very strong, and I've gone so through I think, a
1: lot. I think I was still I was still being seen by the district nurse three months after he was born. She was still wow. coming to the house,
0: yeah, to treat yeah. me because
1: of the fact that I had gone through such a process with him.
0: Yeah, but yeah. So so it was a big that's thing. very traumatic, very traumatic, I mean that was a traumatic birth, yes, I, yeah, i mean yeah that's 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 a lot, so i gosh, I got more questions, but I gotta stick to the schedule today, but my goodness i I have lots of questions about that I mean, I've had a traumatic birth as well, and it's ooh it's that's tough, so you're not prepared for it at all, I mean it's everything that you kind of any preconceived notions are totally out the window, so Okay, I got so many more questions about this. So I know you have more children. So you have your strapping young lad of a athlete of a son, right now. He's doing great. He's doing well. You have him. Go tell us more. You go on. You have more children. Okay, so it took
1: me a little bit of a while to be convinced that I wanted to to do that again, but. Ultimately, I was like, I I didn't want my eldest to be an only child. We'd always said we would have more children. So we went, okay, we're going to try again. So um, this was 2000 and it was the end of 2010. Okay. And... We had a lot going on in our world. So um, we were moving house and that had been really problematic. It had fallen through. It had started again. We even they tried to convince us to move on Christmas Eve. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was um... a difficult time. Anyway, uh, I still managed to get pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) And um, this time. There felt something different for me. And I obviously went back to my first pregnancy and I thought, yeah, something's, something's not right here. I don't know what it is, but I just don't feel right. So Mm -hmm. I was on kind of tender hooks until I went for my first scan. So um, we were sat, me and my husband sat in the hospital waiting to go in to the scan room. And um, my very wise husband, trying to obviously calm my nerves, knowing that I had this thing that I felt differently. Mm-hmm. He uh, pointed at the wall and said, "Where well, there was a whole range of leaflets and said, wouldn't it be really funny if when we come out the scan room, we need one of those? And it was a leaflet for people expecting multiples. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very funny joke. <laughs> because I went into the scan room and mm-hmm. made that starts scanning over my belly and she goes, oh look, there's the baby, scans a bit further over and I was like what was that? That, that, that <laughs> oh was my something god. Like, what, what was that? And I'm looking at the screen and I'm like, don't panic, don't panic. Look at her face
0: uh-huh. and
1: see if she's seen it because she knows what she's doing and I look at her face and I'm like she saw it too. Oh <laughs> <laughs> So she's going around, and I'm like, she saw it, she saw it, what is it, what is it? What is it? And she goes, it's twins.
0: Oh. And I just,
1: oh. <laughs> oh. that was, that was probably one of my biggest fears in life, yes. would be to have multiples. So my husband's holding my hand and it's getting tighter and tighter. <laughs> His voice gets loud, like more high pitched. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) So a lot of shock is, like, you guys are probably just in shock. Shock, fear. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh.
1: Oh, the whole works. Yes, yes. Image of, oh, my God, I'm never going to have a life again. I'm going to just covered in nappies, (laughs) baby vomit, and... (laughs) I'm just going to have them running around. I will never be able to afford anything or do anything again. Yeah. It was a real kind of fast track horror movie.
0: Yes. Which
1: kind of came out. I came out of the room and uh, I had to book my next appointment. You have to have more scans when you're having multiples. Uh-huh. So I go to book the appointment and uh, ultimately she says to me, well, you need to have two appointments. And I kind of like looked at her and and in my head, I'm like, "Why do I need two appointments? There's only one of me But obviously <laughs> they're doing twice the measurements. they need twice the amount of time. Oh, so, yes, it's just, okay,, yeah, it's fine. but obviously, my state of confusion and my general fog
0: <laughs> I'm yeah. just
1: standing there with my mouth open, she went, "Would you like to follow me into this room?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're at your first appointment, and you're going for another scan because of the two babies now. So, well, she'd gone to book
1: the appointment for the next. Okay, next gotcha. Scan. Okay, okay. But because of my general demeanour of my state of shock, okay. she decided I might need some more assistance. So we got to <laughs> into a room, and a midwife was sent in. Okay, and and she said, you know. It was that very calming saying to me, so you're expecting twins? I went, people keep saying that. (laughs) And, And I was kind of just stunned and she started going through, you know, we have lots of twins and there was twins born on the ward today and it's all fine, you know, and all of this piece. And I'm like, okay. And then everything that had happened in the previous pregnancy just came out through my eyeballs. I just yeah. started crying because I was, I had the perfect pregnancy last time
0: mm-hmm. and look what
1: happened. And now I've got this marker on my maternity file saying high risk pregnancy mm-hmm. because it's twins. And I'm like, if I'm high risk, what, what happens then at the end? Right. And I was thrown back kind of into that trauma. Yeah. Of well, I don't know that I can go through that again. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't do that again.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: it was, it was emotional. Yes. And I swore at my husband for pointing at that leaflet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> finally,
0: uh, yes. having twins. Yeah. So yeah. So. Do, twin, do twins run in either of your families? Mm. So uh, twins
1: are down to the female family. That's where you get twins from. Much, okay. Much, okay. The celebration of my husband and his manliness that yes. he can create twins, it's actually down to the woman and Okay. Uh, so um I didn't know, but yes, uh, on both my maternal side and my paternal side, I have
0: Okay, twins. you've got twins. Didn't you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and your twins are boy. you have a boy and a girl, right? I have a boy and a girl, yes. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Very so good. I, I cannot even imagine, I mean, so yeah, your pregnancy, the whole journey and delivery. Was it all, was it as real quickly? How was, how was all of that in a, in a nutshell?
1: All plan. So plan C section. So I was allowed to go natural. Okay. With non-identical twins, the nice guidelines for us in the UK are 38 weeks. They don't like you to go past. That's it. Um, so at 38 weeks, I had a planned C-section, and okay. it all went completely the opposite to the previous. Okay. <laughs> it's beautiful. They, you know, it all went to plan. I had a thousand people in the room.
0: Which Did you? It was
1: kind of crowded, and um, yeah, they were extremely big weights as well. Yeah,
0: <laughs> They're very very healthy and not normal twins. They yeah, developed. Okay. Okay. Now, did you feel at all prepared knowing you were having twins when you, when you were bringing them home? So I was a control freak. Yeah. I had a spreadsheet of
1: everything. I had researched what was going to happen, how the best ways of getting them into routines, how the nappy changing feeding process. So I went round speaking to lots of people of, so how do you do this? How can you do breastfeeding and top up feeds? Because they were saying, you know, about your milk coming in normally anyway, Mm -hmm. and then producing enough milk to feed twins. And actually for me, because my twins were so big, they demand a lot more milk. (laughs) <laughs> then then what smaller twins would demand okay so I can remember I spoke to one midwife and went I'm trying to work this out if I'm breastfeeding one at a time doing them f- and they take an average of this amount of time and they feed this often that actually means I'm not doing anything other than feeding right <laughs> and your way around that is to do top-up feeds with formula and switch them around. And I went, How does that work? And she went, I don't really know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh. Everything I could control, I did. I was, you know, really pr- planned,
0: organized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: also, I think what I'd learned from my previous was to really give yourself that space and grace. Mm. To enjoy having them mm-hmm. and do it on your schedule, yeah. So, yeah. all the people who want to visit, all the people who want to be a part of it, mm-hmm. keep them out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yes.
0: Enjoy. enjoy. Yeah. You've done all the hard work. So. I, that's a great reminder. Cause I think a lot of us women feel that push pull and try to, you know, try to keep other people happy and let family see, but we need time to rest and heal and enjoy those first few weeks of life with our baby. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's a very special time and it goes by quickly, but when you're in the day to day, those days can be really long, but yeah. Giving yourself that time to just savor and be with them. Very, very good yeah. reminder. From a very wise woman. You've got such great advice always. (laughs) Uh, So go, I know there's another kind of part to your story and journey in terms of motherhood. Are you, I'll let you share this, you know, it's kind of full circle. I mean, just in, in terms of just the unplanned part of just really being a mother and all of life surprises. I mean, life changes and surprises us every single day. And there's so many, we just, there's so many stuff we don't have control over. so okay yeah yeah.
1: so so i had the three children and obviously once i'd found out that i was uh susceptible to multiples and and once you've had twins the potential for you to have triplets is is (laughs) is really really high I i did not know that wow i get pregnant yeah so yeah that was like right okay well we've we've got our family sorted so we Settled yeah. into family of family of five life and getting through those initial stages and nappies mm-hmm. and life. And yes. Stuff. So um, we got to so they were born in 2011. So okay. 2016, the twins would be starting school. So they'd been at nursery. I'd gone back to work after a year at home with them. And um, it was in the September they were going to go to school from nursery. And it was quite a big time, big year for us. So we decided to have a big family holiday and we went to Disney World um, and celebrated and came back. And the twins started at school which was going great. And um, they had their fifth birthday. Mm. And then um, just under three weeks after their fifth birthday, um, my husband got really sick one night. He had a heart attack and passed away. And yeah, it was without warning. Right, was left with three children they were asleep at the time, so uh, they, their dad had actually put them to bed and read them their bedtime stories, so they had all my last images of them with him, and them snuggled up in bed reading a bedtime story. so sorry. And then sorry. the next morning, thank you, I had to wake them, wake the three of them up and get mm-hmm. them together and sit them together And obviously I had the warning that I was about to tell them something that was going to break their hearts and take all the magic out of their worlds. Right. So I had to sit them together and tell them that daddy had got sick the night before and he'd, he'd passed away. Um, for my eldest, it was immediate he understood what what that meant and just wanted mm-hmm. it not to be true for mm-hmm. the twins they they knew it was upsetting they knew something was wrong, but it kind of took a bit more time to really uh get in into their heads of mm-hmm. of what that meant. I mean it took us all a long journey to do that, but sure that overnight realization that I have. One hundred percent responsibility for them right. for everything. There's nobody else to ask. I, obviously, you know, I've got, I've got sure. my family. I've got my mum around, but nobody else has parental responsibility for them. And right. that always stays the same, you know, even to this day. So, actually, this week it sees we're six years down the line since mm-hmm. that happened. And it still comes up every now and every, every day.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I think a decision you make, whether it's what next school they go to, whether it's allowing them to go on a school trip, whether it's Mm -hmm. the next stage of their life, something that they want to do and trying to make
0: that decision without any backup. Right. It's
1: really, really tough.
0: I, yeah, I can only imagine. I can't even imagine. I mean, yes, you've, you know, overnight you lost the love of your life. Your children lost their father and, you know, the that you have to keep moving forward and taking care of your children and also mourning and grieving the loss. I mean, I, I you're just so strong and incredibly strong. And I know you have ta- taken your pain and are now transforming and you're using that pain to, to help other people that are going through just all sorts of life issues. I mean, just all, all sorts of life things. So do you want to tell us a little bit now? I mean, I, how, how did you kind of work through that first year and I, and how did your grief maybe just kind of the overall, I mean, coming up on six years, I mean, imagine your grief is a little bit different this week than it was obviously six years ago, five years ago, two years ago. Just kind of walk us through a little, your journey and just kind of where you are at today and how you and how you still process it.
1: OK, so it probably I think the first moment is really um, my husband passed away at home. So we had mm-hmm. emergency services here and um, he was put into the back of an ambulance and I asked whether I could go and sit with him um, before they took him away. So I went into the ambulance and I sat with him and my husband was full on dad. He, he, he took, he did as much for the children as, as I did. We didn't have that kind of separation. The children would go to him as much as they would to me. He was a hundred percent present with them. So his children meant the world to him. And he was always a really happy individual and for his legacy to be one of sadness and for us to be a broken family, he deserved more than that being his legacy. Mm -hmm. So as I sat with him in the ambulance, I made a promise to him that everything that we'd said was going to happen with our children, everything that we wanted, you know, no Mm -hmm. specifics, just our dreams and aspirations for how they would grow up and the happy life that we wanted for them, mm-hmm. I would make that happen. So that was a really th- poignant moment for me that that stuck in my head. So even mm-hmm. on those darkest days that followed where it just all seemed impossible and overwhelming, I'd made that promise to him. And mm-hmm. I knew I had to keep going. I knew I had to be there for the children, answer every one of their questions and be really open and honest with them. And that was really important. One of the things that we had was that we always told our children the truth. No matter how difficult it was, we would always tell them the truth because, you you know, <laughs> the universe brings you adversity and, and these things happen. We didn't expect that to be happening to our own family, but you're always dealing with difficult things. But we wanted the children to always know that they were safe with us and we would always be open and honest with them. And that seemed even more important that we could talk, interact and they could open up with me and say anything that they needed to do. And be respectful of each other in terms of processing the grief, because they Went through different stages, and it's not a straight line. You go backwards and forwards. So they would all be at different stages at different points. So, you know, my youngest, um, he he just wanted to find ways that he could fix Daddy. So he kept coming up with ways of how he could repair his heart and how it could be fixed, and and all of these answers. And whereas my eldest was in a very different position and had more awareness of what the consequence was. Mm -hmm. So it was managing all of that. But what was really hard was just surviving wasn't enough for me. And I just couldn't live in a darkness forever that, you know, the children couldn't have, a lifelong, that they would never be happy again, that there would never be any magic again. So I had to find a way of getting that back into our lives, that all the magic we'd experienced only a few weeks earlier in Disney World and and all of those memories we had created, that that was still possible for them. And that's how we remember Daddy and that's how we keep his spirit alive so I say with my children they you know they say sometimes people make the mistake in saying well you don't have a dad well they don't have a dad on this earth but because he lives in their hearts and the privilege that those three children have that nobody else has is they all have their their dad's dna they have their blood his blood running through their veins and no one else can say that yeah so We talk about and we celebrate who daddy was and the funny things he would say and all the positive memories. And we celebrate everything we had with him rather than focus on what we've lost.
0: Mm -hmm. That's absolutely beautiful. I mean, you can just tell, I mean, you guys just seem to have had just the most beautiful relationship. I mean, and what a gift to give to your children. I mean, that his legacy will live on. And it's just, it's you've turned this, you know, most people, would, a lot of people would probably crumble and really not know, you know, I mean, nobody knows how to handle and how they're going to handle that situation, but you have handled it with a lot of grace and you are still moving forward and, and following through. And I love that you made a promise to him before he went away and that you're honoring that every day. Even I'm sure you have really hard days and you know, your days are a little bit lighter and you miss him like crazy, but you know that he's he's there and he's in your children and you get to see that and you get to see that love that he has and it just comes from them. And so you guys did that. The two of you did that. And that's really, really incredible. So, yeah,
1: he'd be, he'd be really proud of us and the children, how they've turned out and the empathy that they show to each other and to other Mm -hmm. people. They have Mm -hmm. an, an understanding of emotions that a lot of adults don't, yeah. don't want to process and, and have. And they yeah. have more awareness and sensitivity of that. Mm-hmm. But they live they live full lives. And that was really important, you know. Yeah, yeah they have their days. We all have our days where it's sure. tough. You know, there's days where things are difficult and they just want their dad mm-hmm. to put his arms around them and pick them up and protect them. And they want that in their lives. Mm-hmm. But they get that from other people who support us as Mm -hmm. well and we have each other
0: yeah yeah which is extremely important while you're here on earth you know just love on the people that are here so what is what's their favorite way to celebrate and honor dad what do you guys like to do um so
1: on his birthday what we tend to do And I very much get led by the children of what feels right for them. So it's been different in different years, but we can do Mm -hmm. this for Father's Day and at other times. So they write cards or they draw pictures or they write a poem and we send them to daddy on the fire pit. We've got fire pit out in the garden. Mm
0: -hmm. So we
1: might do we we have the fire pit on and they might sing songs that they want to or read the poems that they've written or describe what they want to tell daddy. And they put their Mm -hmm. pictures and things in the fire and we send them up. The smoke goes up to send up to daddy. And then we have toasted marshmallows and really celebrate. And and have some
0: fun. Sometimes I have to have daddy beer. (laughs) Have da- a daddy beer, yeah. So you said have a da- yeah, yeah. Celebrate him with the, with a beverage. I totally get it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to dad. But that's that's awesome. I mean, that's just what an incredible way to honor him and send those messages up and to just release that. You know, yeah. You know, put it, process it, and release it, and honor him, and and all wrapped into one. So it's beautiful.
1: It's it's whatever the children feels what's well, right. Yeah. And birthday dinner before that they've chosen what they think daddy would have ha- wanted for his Aww. birthday and we had birthday cake and
0: they yeah. sing happy
1: birthday to daddy and blow out his candles for him and mm-hmm. you know all of, all of that piece. It's just what's right. Sometimes, sometimes they, they don't want to do something like that. It's whatever. And they might want to do something more private, personal to themselves. Yeah. Um. And my daughter came to me once and she said to me, she'd made this card for daddy and she wanted to give it to him. And she went, but please let's not burn it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. So we, we have, we have daddy's ashes in a special box that we have in the house mm-hmm. and any cards or things that they want, they put, they put with daddy so that he can
0: see them. Okay. I love that. Very special. So, so I'm going to kind of switch gears here a little bit. So that, so now how, tell us, how does all of this play into your everyday life now with, in terms of work, like, did you make a big career move and a change because of, because of this?
1: Yeah. So, um, I had some time off work, uh, a few months off work. I had a quite a demanding corporate role. Um, and I went back to it, but my heart wasn't in it. Um, mm. I wanted to be around with the children. I had more different priorities, really different mm. things were important to me. So I made the decision and I had the privilege of the opportunity that I could leave my corporate role. So I decided to give myself a year to fix us to Mm -hmm. back on uh, some kind of way of living, to rebuild us, to find our new happy Mm -hmm. of what we wanted to do. And so that I could be more present and around for the children so they could be secure, that they knew that whenever they needed me, I was there and school holidays I was there for. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And uh, we, I did lots of therapy and counselling and looked at different ways of how I could release that trauma and really wanted to live my best life. So I tried everything from drumming and sound baths and yoga and Reiki and hypnotherapy and counselling and CBT and NLP. I gave it a go. Anything that I felt
0: could help. Yeah.
1: And... I was really interested in the science of psychology and how that all worked for everyone. So I decided to enroll myself back to university and study psychology. So I went to do an undergraduate degree. I did my first couple of years of that and I was introduced to positive psychology. And um, part of that is post-traumatic growth. So mm-hmm. after experiencing Significant trauma that causes a real breakdown in your world. Actually, there's a recovery and identified that you can go to a point where you are thriving and living a happier life than you were before that point of trauma. And I was really intrigued by this because that's how I felt. I had felt that I'd experienced a growth that I don't think I could have achieved before. So I wanted to understand more of. How, how could we make sure that people who'd experienced real trauma and adversity
0: mm-hmm.
1: could get there? What makes the difference? So um, part of my dissertation was looking at, you know, the difference between those that fall into a state of helplessness and depression, as opposed to those that experience this growth, what that difference was. Mm-hmm. So I can learn and understand that so I can help share that with the world. And enable people to really step into the real opportunity they have, yeah, of living their best life.
0: Yes, and tell us the name of your company.
1: So uh, I'm Happier. My yes. company is Happier. So I'm the yes. Happier Coach. Yeah, because yes. it really embodies everything that mm-hmm. is important to me.
0: Yeah, I I I mean you have helped me in so many ways just by listening and following along with your information because yeah, I'm like you. I mean just watching people that have gone through traumatic events you just you wonder how do they come through on the other side and how do they thrive? Like that's that's where I want to be and that's that's what I hope that our listeners, you know, if either they've gone through something, I mean I think a lot of us have gone through trauma that maybe we just bury it, we don't want to acknowledge it, we don't think it's affected us but um chances are, you know, it it definitely has impacted you. So if you are looking to explore that and not that we got to sit and dwell in the past, it's just kind of unpacking and learning how it's impacted us so that we can move forward and live these just amazing, amazing lives. So I just, I love what you were doing. I want to know more about your reconnect program. Will you tell us a little bit more about the reconnect?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So um, the reconnect program really is the starting point so this is something that can be beneficial for anyone. You don't have to have experienced uh, a major trauma or mm-hmm. adversity. But over the if you explain your life as a journey and over the course of that journey, you get different weather and different events and your environment sends you into different places. And, you know, being women can quite often when you've had children and you start, Focusing on the needs of your children or your husband Mm -hmm. and other people who've come into your life, you start getting further and further away from who you are. Mm -hmm. So the Reconnect program is really a starting point to understand who that person was before you got some of those limiting beliefs from that adversity from things that have happened and experienced in your life that covers up who you are so there's like we add on different layers of personality Mm, and then we take on those layers of personality as though they are our own when in actual fact they they were a response to an event that happened so the reconnect program is about understanding that and reconnecting with your values who you are, how your experiences have shaped and changed you. Mm -hmm. And then taking someone forward to look at how you can put in place the things that can protect who you are as a person. So whether that's having the right mindset of what you can achieve, focusing on positive energy rather than the negative energy and putting in the right boundaries to protect that authentic self and then taking you forward through and the part the program then moves you into looking at how you set your goals, set out your intention for who you want to be and what you want to achieve. And once you start focusing on all of that, anything is possible.
0: Mm-hmm. That you can I love achieve. That. Yes. Yes. While we're here on Earth, we should enjoy every single day. You know, we're not going to have perfect days all the time, but. Oh, I just, I love that. I absolutely love that. So, you've got, uh, tell us your website, because I know you've got a lot of other things on there. That's one amazing program, but you've got, you know, med- guided meditations, you've got journals, you've got a ton of awesome, even free resources that are on your website. But if people want to go and learn more specifically about this, I know that they can go to your website. Tell us again, where what what's your website?
1: Okay. So, it's happiercoach.com. So, happier is H A P P Y A coach.com and on there you'll see the different programs that that I run and there's as you say there's some different resources on there to support you on your journey but you know feel free to dm me and and anything you want to understand that we've spoken about and I'm happy to share
0: Yeah. And I know if people wanna just get to know you more as well, and I love listening to you, but you've got a podcast out now too. So I'm gonna just tell everybody you go look for Claire. It's Claire Deacon. I'm gonna have all of her information in the show notes, but she's got a podcast, which is just incredible. And just hear more about Claire and her amazing journey and how she is helping people. And you know, if you're just even having some sort of inclination that you wanna make an improvement in your life, Claire is is Just, she's just a godsend. She is just gonna, you're helping so many people just get out of that darkness and really step into the light, and so that people can really just live and be their best selves while they're here on earth. So, no matter what they've gone through, so I want to wrap things up. I could talk to you forever, and I really hope that you come back on because there's so many other topics that I would love to pick your brain on. And I think our listeners would really love to get your perspective on, but. Uh, My last and final question is, what advice would you give to a new mom? She's just found out that she's pregnant. She's just, you know, maybe she's in the same situation as you. Oops, sorry, I hit my microphone. She is, you know, just seeing those two blue lines. And no matter what's going on in her life, we don't know if, you know, if she was in a relationship or not. Whatever that feeling is, that sense of fear, what would you tell her as she's getting ready to embark on this next journey and, you know, as she's stepping into motherhood?
1: Okay, I would say take a deep breath in through her nose and slowly release it through her mouth because she's about to embark on a really magical journey and it won't be all smooth, it won't be like those perfect (laughs) dream books. It's going to be real, and every moment of it is going to be really special. So yes. really savor every moment.
0: Mm, I love that. And and, and you just yes, yeah, savor it and just bring it back to that breath work. So important. And healing, just breathe exhaling those negative emotions and inhaling. Such yes. such sage advice. You are just so wise. I cannot <laughs> thank you enough for coming on here. And again, I really hope that you'll come back. It's been just a true pleasure and an honor to get to know you better and just introduce you to our listeners. So again, anybody that wants to learn more information about you can certainly find all of your, all, all, the, all the links, everything to your program, all the social media. I will have all of that in the show notes. So I hope to be seeing you soon. Thank you, Claire.
1: Thank you, Ashley. Bye.
0: <laughs> Bye. All right, friends. So if you loved listening to this episode as much as I loved chatting with Claire, you're going to be so happy to know that she and I have partnered together and are going to be teaching SOAR, which is our upcoming class that's going to be coming up. It's kicking off at the time of this recording, it'll be kicking off next month in November of 2022. So it's our mission to really just help and deliver and give you every absolute tool and resource for you to just exit 2022 with a a sense of just... A fresh of breath air knowing that you're going to exhale you're going to just eliminate anything that's not working for you we're going to examine week one it's one hour one hour if you can't make us make it live it'll be um, a recording so first first week is going to be looking at situations that second week we're looking at opportunities third week is action. That's where Claire is going to be really diving in and talking about the mindset piece just to really set you up for the utmost success. And then that fourth week, right before the holiday here in the States is going to be the R for release. So we're going to just be letting go of things and really stepping into our power as we dive into 2023. So this is one, it's going to be the first that we ever, ever do. We want to invite you. We welcome you to join us. You can find all the information on our website. Look at the unplannedmomschool.com to get registered for this because it's, it's going to be just an amazing, amazing event. And so we're just super excited. So we will be teaching them live in November. And of course, if you're listening to this at a later date, you can always get on the website and purchase the course at a later date, because it's just, it's going to be amazing. So, um, we get, we hope to see you there and just wish you all the best and are just sending you so much love, peace, and happiness. And we hope to see you soar into 2023. Okay, my sweet mamas, if you're tuning in and I've got a friend's name that just keeps bubbling up at the top of your head as you've been listening to this episode, go ahead. I want you to grab that link, copy and paste it and shoot them a quick text and just tell them that you were thinking of them. You know, after all, we're all here to help each other. And if this episode resonated with you, there's a pretty good chance that something in it will resonate with them as well. This show is for you, so do me a salad. Go ahead, share it with that one person that comes to mind so we can spread the love to all of our sisters. And if you really, really loved it, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review. All right, thank you, my sweet friends. Thanks so much for tuning in. I will see you all next week, and if you need any more inspiration between now and then, come on over and check us out on TikTok. See you soon.